Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have the unbelievable Kwaku Fortune. Kwaku is an actor who you're probably going to best know from Asking For It, which was at the Abbey Theatre and the Everyman. Uh, it's written by Louis, uh, the book was written by Louise O'Neill, adapted for the stage by Maeve McHugh. It was directed by Annabel Common. It was with the brilliant Landmark Productions and it was absolutely unbelievable. One of the smash hits of last year's theatre season. Uh, on screen, you know, Kwaku from Kissing Candice, um, which again was a, an amazing movie, uh, Aoife McArdle's debut feature film. Uh, and as well as that, you might have seen Kwaku uh, in On Rathry's Hill. Um, by Marina Carr obviously at the Abbey Theatre directed by Katrina McLaughlin uh, he's currently as I record this appearing in The Ark uh, in a production directed by Tim Crouch called Pete uh, and he's just an unbelievably nice fella Kwaku ask anyone um, that knows him he's a, a proper gentleman and uh, it was a pleasure to get to sit down and chat to him so if you're listening buddy thank you so much for taking the time to do it guys in other news delighted to announce that Copperface Jacks the Musical is coming back to the Olympia Theatre tickets are on sale now it was one of the smash hits of last year um, it's got the amazing Johnny Ward from Dancing with the Stars Love Hate Fair City uh, Rosanna Purcell former guest in the show um, the cast is just star studded it's really great stuff uh, the writing is hilarious by Paulo, Paul Howard uh, again uh, a guest of the show um, from Ross O'Carroll Kelly fame um, I'm so excited to get back with the gang I had the best summer of my life doing the show last year um, it was absolutely packed out tickets are on sale now as I say so go and get them uh, between now and then I've got some really exciting theatre news too um, about some of my own writing that is going to be on in Dublin City Centre really quickly can't announce that just yet but um, in the month of May keep some dates free that's all I'm going to say uh, as always guys go check out our Patreon page that is patreon.com forward slash personality bingo uh, whatever you can give please do give it it makes a huge difference to my life the running of this show um, and look I really appreciate it as Blind Boy says it's a model based off soundness if you listen to this podcast I know your sound go and chip a couple of euro our way enough of all that guys please enjoy the wonderful Quaku Fortune playing personality bingo with Tom Moran Quaku Fortune, ready to play Personality Bingo? I'm ready. Yeah. All right, sweet. So a quick explanation of how it all works. I've got 60 minutes on the clock. I've got 60 balls in here, and I've got 60 corresponding questions on this sheet of paper. I've also given you five numbers on that sheet. Would you do me a favor and read out the five? Yes, three. Yep. Uh, six is the number I picked. Nice. 19, right. 51, yep. 17, okay. and 48. Cool. Any reason for the number six? Yeah, it's my lucky number, actually. Is it? Yeah, the devil's number. It's lucky for me. Yeah, okay. It's Yeah, it's... it's look, the whole six 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 thing is <laughs> six is weird, and then you've got sixty nine. Yeah, a lot of six stuff going I lo- on. I, lo- I love it. A lot of six six stuff. I like it. Yeah, yeah fair, 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 fair. Yeah. And I should say that if at all six of those numbers do come out, <laughs> that means the tables are turned, and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world. Yeah, and that's terrifying. Yeah, because I've been thinking like you want to ask like a go. If it happens, it hasn't happened before, though, has Not it? Yeah. Not yet. Oh, here we go. Six, my lucky number. I mean, I, but I also don't know if anyone ever picked six as their number. You know, could shake things up. It could. And we should also say we're in a new venue today. Uh, we've moved downstairs from the Headstuff podcast studio um, due to some refurbishments taking place. Uh, and we are in Westland Studios, uh, where the famous Migos, who yeah. I'd never fucking heard of. Trap rap. 
trap rap yeah. um, had recorded and it's very cold but we're, we're very happy to be here yes exactly right. I have my coat on but I'm feeling great yeah looking great let's give it a spin <laughs> ooh that sounds different here I like it alright here we go number 39 do you have oh, it oh shit no I don't <laughs> no, I like how invested you are already <laughs> I'm all about it number 39 what is your biggest downfall when it comes to being healthy what is my biggest downfall oh my god okay I suppose it's just consistency mm. I mean I go through all these periods of like oh I have to take it like like go on diets and get healthy and it's always like a great idea and I'd like literally do it for like two weeks and then just fall off the wagon mm. so I think it's just consistency is that is that does that answer that question is that what you mean by that yeah yeah no totally I mean like that's I think that's half the battle it is and it's weird are you one of these people you know January now and like that time of like renewal and resolutions yeah. like do you make a big push for this January this is the first time I haven't right because I, I always just fail within like two weeks into January mm. so I mean, I'm a terrible man for, like, sugar and eating shite, so I'm always like, oh, I have to get off sweets. I have to get off sweets. I have to do it now. I have to do, like, a month without eating sweets, and then literally, like, last, like, two hours. You yeah. Know? Or, like, I'm a junkie when it comes to that kind of stuff. So uh, I think, yeah, I think this year I was just like, no, no more resolutions. I'll just, if it's going to happen, it will happen. And I think I did, I did dry January, but again, like, I was at the Arsenal match on, on Saturday, so I wasn't playing football. Oh, yeah. I was at the Arsenal match on Saturday, so the boys were having like points then I was like shit is it still January like yeah it is I was like so that's gone too you know so <laughs> I don't know I think with these things I think it's just good to be like easy on yourself and if you're doing it whatever reason you're doing it for do it but otherwise like if it's not happening don't like beat yourself up and I think I'm kind of learning that now which is where I just go if I really want to quit something I will mm-hmm. and I know I can do it but otherwise just go with the flow and go to the gym when I feel like going to the gym and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like obviously we play like the football together like as many Saturdays mm. as we can. What what what's your relationship to like exercise and stuff been? I I, I love it. I, I the only thing is I love it, but um I like it when it's in a team setting. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you're if you're on a team or anything, you're always competing with someone. I find it hard to compete with myself. I can't push myself to do the whole gym thing, but sometimes it's like nice to go with a mate. And I at the moment don't really have a someone I can go with because they're in different gyms than, than me or whatever because mm-hmm. I'm just in Trinity because it's like cheap at the graduate thing. Um, so yeah, I, I love the feeling of it afterwards, like the the endorphins and all that, that release. But I find it hard to keep it going if it's not in like a team setting or I'm not competing with someone. Mm. Like sometimes competing with myself is not enough. Sometimes, like sometimes if I really have to push or something, I will. But most of the time I'm kind of content yeah a bit of football and then the gym the odd time a bit of swimming that kind of stuff you know so do you consider yourself competitive yeah i'd say so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. In, in a weird way like competitive in terms of like stuff that like doesn't matter like five-star football you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, in terms of acting i wouldn't find myself competitive at all mm. because i actually think the way it's set up is that it's more a collaborative kind of effort you know like um there's no reason to compete because everyone's completely different mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I always thought like oh, well I mean if a, an actor looks like me is like mixed race and is a similar playing age oh he's he would compete with me and that that is true and I mean on a on a strictly like um, fake like uh, physical level or whatever mm-hmm. but in terms of like an actor's like not to be wanky like an actor's essence mm-hmm. I think is like completely different like you put two people up who look similar do a Hamlet speech and they do it completely different because that's their take on it yeah. and I think we all have like an individual unique kind of essence that's unique to us there's no point in competing and it like because I'm always like if the, if I'm up for something and I know someone else is right for it I'll always be like here man get, get on this get on this Amy's casting this or Maureen's casting this or you know I'm quite open with that and I think 
that has also come back to me. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I don't know, I think in this game it's hard enough to do it on your own, so it's good to be kind of collaborating with people and open, so. Yeah, that's like one of my fantasies is like to have like I don't know like a like a WhatsApp or something yeah. where we all just help each other. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah, well we fucking do it. Yeah. I I'd be so on board for that. Definitely. I, like I do you know and that, that's the thing about it. Like so does that change it for you because as you said, you know, like there's obviously less like mixed race actors here than mm. like there are like white white mm. Irish actors yeah. which is like going to be what 90% of us mm. more I'm sure. Yeah. Like 95% of us. Yeah. What like could do you know when you go up for something who's going to because sometimes I feel like I know if I'm yeah. up something I'm like okay well so is X, Y and Z yes. like do you definitely know um, see I think that's changing I think I did definitely know I mean it was always like Daryl McCormick stuff obviously he's in he's <clears> in London now but I think I think now what's good and it's like kind of more open that you'd see like you'd generally get like casting briefs and it's like any ethnicity I was gonna ask you'd see that. different different heads in, and, and like people like I'm seeing like the same different people if you know what I mean that sounds weird but uh, like not just like um, like fellow mixed race actors or black actors I'd, I'd see like everyone mm-hmm. which which is nice um so does that answer that question it you, does yeah. Uh, yeah okay yeah and do you do you when you go in for like those roles that aren't like specified to be mixed race or black or anything mm. like that what what does your do you ever feel like i don't know that like this is like a token statement that they're like any ethnicity, but they actually want like a white Irish person. Yeah, I I, I don't know because I think it's actually worse when a, a token statement where we're just filling in the the black guy, you right. know, the diversity. Yeah, because um, like w- when you're when you're going for that, I feel like you're just going for that part. Uh, if you're going for like any ethnicity and something, if you don't get that part and you give like a good type or good audition, they might see you for other stuff if they're being more open. But if there's only the one part you're going for. And you miss out, then there's no no other option in that like TV series or anything. It's different with plays because there's usually it's like smaller number of parts you're going for anyway. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I I think um, I, you could be cynical and, and and think like that, but I think for the most part, casting now is they're kind of trying to open it up, mm. which is a good thing. Whether they are or they're not, I think they're trying, and that's that's only good to be seen for these kind of things that you wouldn't generally be seen for and not just a token black guy I think is great mm. uh, you know because it, it does o- open up the opportunity because if you if you nail it and, and you're right for it then you'll get it mm-hmm. you know like, and I, I think with, with casting it's such a tricky thing as well because like I never never feel bad in like, getting cast about something if I know I've done the work and I've like really worked on it and I've, I've worked hard and I've, I've done the best I can do mm. Uh, because then it's not it's not about me it's about like what they're looking for what shape they're looking for what fits with the rest of the cast all these all these other external things have nothing to do with me so like I, I think in terms of like going for stuff you can only focus on what you have to offer and just go in for that mm. and like really just like I'm going to fucking nail this and be the best I can be and leave the rest of that noise up to them you know mm-hmm. it's up to them to fit you in and I think I've been trying to get more on, on board with that because then when you don't get it, it's less of a personal attack on you. And you're like, no, I know how good I am, what I can do. If I'm not right for this, I'm just not right for it. It's nothing to do with my talent. Mm. And I mean, maybe that's a disillusion kind of thing, but I think for me, it like keeps my mental health in a good state of mind, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, like, just, yeah, that thing of remembering, like, they're not sitting in a room being like, Tom and Kwaku yeah. fucking hate them. Yeah, exactly. They want to cast you. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? They want to get you in there. I think when you go in there with a, like, oh, I'm going to get to do a bit of acting now. I'm going to have the crack. I'm going to meet some people and like maybe make, make them laugh or serve the character. Like, what does this character want in this situation? When you go in with that kind of attitude, 
auditions are kind of a bit of crack then, you know? Mm. Obviously not everyone, but like when you go in with that attitude of just kind of sitting back a bit on it and being like, not so much like, oh, sign me or oh, like I want the job or like that, that neediness is not a good energy. Mm. And like, if you go in like positively and, and love or whatever, it's just kind of, it's easier, I mm. think, you know? Mm. And you leave there going, oh, that was, that was fun. I did my best. I can, whatever happens will happen, you know? Yeah. Other than leaving going, oh, fuck, I fucked that up. Why was I so anxious again? Or, oh, I want this so much and all this, like, it's tightness, you know. I think it's very easily said than done, but I think for for me, I'm trying to just open up more and just kind of relax into this thing that we're doing. You yeah, know what I mean? It's a weird thing. Yeah, love it, man. Let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number. Just to come up fast. Yeah, that's pretty good today. Number thirteen. Do you have it? Oh, that's a, that's a lucky number for me. But no, I don't have thirteen. Why do you pick all the fucking shit? Lucky I numbers? know, man. I love thirteen. <laughs> I, oh, I just, I don't know. I think there's a there's a mad energy to it. I I, t- I tend to like go against all norms as well. Well, not on purpose, but like when someone says like thirteen's unlucky, I'm like, is it though? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, like you've mentioned, and I think like, it's supposed to be a magic number thirteen anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you've mentioned like a few times like energy and like love. Are you kind of like are you like that like hippy dippy way inclined? I say uh, that. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I um, I think like yes and no. I think my family are very kind of hippy dippy. Really? Yeah, and like we're into like crystals and really. Yeah. What? Okay. Wait. Okay. Crystal. Hold on. This is great. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. 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 Um. What's the story? Uh, Tell me all about it. Well, literally, I just missed like the blood moon, man. I didn't get my crystals oh. out and like re-energize them, so I'm actually pretty on a low one. But uh, no, I mean it's just like <clears throat> I don't know these things. I think it it really depends on you and where it sits with you. I'm not preaching like anything that mm. it it like I I can't, I don't really have any science for it either. I mean, it they're just these rocks, man, you look at them and they make you feel good. You know what I mean? This this uh, ring I have on here is um, uh, Labradorite, and it was uh, it was it was taken from Labrador in in Canada or North Northern Canada is one of the territories in Canada, mm. and basically the Native Americans uh, or Native Canadians uh, said that like the Labradorite was the rock that like the Northern Lights that 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 caught the Northern Lights. Oh. So if you look, it's it's pretty cool. It's supposed to be like a magic ring, and it's like it's is really good luck and stuff. So, I don't know. I got it recently, uh, a Christmas present for myself, and it's it's pretty sweet. Like, yeah. I don't know. These things just, I don't know. They make me, they, I don't know. There's like a feeling for them. I can't really describe it because, it, I don't know. Unless you felt it, you won't believe it. But all that kind of stuff, like Reiki and all these healing things, part of me is like, this is bullshit, like, and skeptical. Mm-hmm. But then when I actually go in and have these healings or these things, I actually, it's a very visceral feeling. So I can't really deny that. So I don't know. Like a lot of my family are into that kind of stuff. So, mm. And where do you think it comes from, like, in the generation before you, like, with your folks or whatever? Yeah, I, I don't know, because, like, both are from, like, my mum's family are very conventional and all, like, doctors and stuff and into the science kind of thing. My dad's family were kind of, uh, I don't know, nomadic kind of Irish, kind of just like, not gypsyish, but kind of that kind of that kind of thing. Big yeah. massive family, and like, I don't know where they got it from. I think it was like literally his generation just started getting into like yoga and into like meditation and into all these kind of things. Like my dad and his brothers and sisters. Um, so like, there's like eleven in their family. I don't know where they who introduced them to it, but they just started getting into it and then started getting us into it. And like my brothers like reject and accept it at, at different times I'm I tend to have kind of I used to be mad into it kind mm. of gone off the boil I don't know if I kind of think like 
the here and now and the real stuff is more important. It's mm-hmm. good to use these things when you need them, but uh, yeah, I don't know. As he says, like looking at his lovely ring. But anyway, yeah, you know, kind of. There's something like endlessly impressive to me about men who do yoga, mm-hmm. like endlessly so. Do, are, are you a yoga guy? My mum's a yoga teacher, so okay. I should be a yoga guy. I, I have like scoliosis. I have like a, a hump on my back and like three of my rib cages not connect to my backbone. Oh. Like a big massive curve in my back. It's like actually not massive because compared to what other people have to de- deal with mm. scoliosis, I didn't have to get surgery or anything. But yeah, I have to, like if I don't stretch, like I should be stretching every day. I mean, I'm, again, it's this thing of like the healthy question, like trying mm. to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I do need, I need do need to stretch a lot and, and do that. And I obviously through my moment having like loads of poses and stuff to do which is great mm. I actually want to find somewhere in Dublin to start doing it because she, she my mum would do it every Monday and Wednesday and actually she's changed she now does it every Tuesday in Rounded in, in our in our local hall mm. but she we also have like in our house like a yoga room where she used to have people come mm. but uh, yeah so throughout our whole life we're always doing it but I because I, when I was a kid like I fucking hated it you know I couldn't sit still Yeah, like she'd be like just relax just breathe and I was like my hips hurt sitting in this bloody position and I, I, I just got mad. I was like so hyper. I was just wanted to be running around playing football. And, and uh, she's like, just sit, it's good. And uh, she forced us to do it like she literally did. Yeah. And like, I'm so glad she did because just after like a session of yoga, even if it's half an hour, like my head is in such a better state. My breathing is deeper. Like uh, I just feel like the oneness or everything is like working the way it should. Mm. So I think, having said that, I should be doing more because if that's the fucking result, why don't I just do it every day? And I, I, I go into cycles of I, I just have to do it every day and I get into this really good routine and then whatever shifts, uh, some, it just drops off and I don't. But uh, I think I'm pretty good at like listening to my body. If it really needs it, I'll like do like an hour and a half or whatever whatever it needs, you know? Yeah, because I totally relate to that younger version of you that was like, just like, my hips hurt, I want to get yeah. up and run. Like, that's me now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But yoga is one of those things. I, I was saying this to someone the other day. Uh, and it just someone said to me recently they were like you know life keeps giving you the lessons until you choose to yeah, learn them damn straight yeah. like I yoga I know it's mine because mm. like everyone that comes into my life new is mad about yoga a lot of the people that I love the most in life are fucking mad about yoga and I resist it <laughs> so much I, and I kind of do it like as a joke now yeah. like uh, I was seeing this girl a while ago and she's mad into yoga like to a weird extent I think yeah. she's like five or six times a week and sometimes like like, I don't know she'd be in the kitchen or get out of bed whatever it was and like she'd just stretch her back and I'd be like no yoga no <laughs> yoga in my house no yoga uh, like, and put it the was, foot down yeah and it was funny but also like and it, it's weird because I said this to the lads and they like, I was like like every girl I'm with tells me I should do yoga and like yeah that's because you're shit in bed and I was like I was like no it's actually that's not the case I was like I it's actually not I was like first of all like I, I, I don't know what kind of sex you're having but like as a man I don't feel like I actually need unbelievable degrees of flexibility no I don't think so so it's actually not that but what it is is I think when someone gets to know me like well or like on an intimate level or like sees like me when I should be like on downtime or at yeah. night so they're like oh my God, you can't sit still. You can't relax. That's what they're actually yeah. saying. They're like, yoga would be so good for you because it would like force you to like sit with yourself and sit in your body. But, uh, that's true. And it just, that, like, because it's that, it's that stillness that took me ages to, and I'm still kind of all over the place at times. Not all over the place, it's still like hyper. And I think that's a good energy to have too, but it's, it's yeah, if you're not able to like in the downtime, just to, I think mm-hmm. you're in trouble there. But what have you tried yoga nidra? 
No, what is it? It's it's deadly. It's this. Uh, it's like usually half an hour long. Uh, it's like this. Oh, already, I'm like too long. Is, is it? But it's <laughs> no, when you're no, no, it's, no, it's no. when you're sleeping. Like literally, it's oh. it's you don't stretch or anything. It's like yoga for the mind. You basically you put your headphones on and uh, this like it's usually like a really lovely relaxing voice, and you, you just sit and relax. And he basically he or she goes through like all the points he or she or them goes through all the points of your body. And uh, and just goes through like mantras and stuff and positive stuff, and you just can't get out. And like, they first they're like, uh, like um, if you sleep, you sleep. That's fine. Mm. But like the whole thing is like to get to this place where you don't sleep, where your brain is like conscious but completely like at that. I don't know what's the word. Is that alpha level? I don't know. It's at that like lower level mm. where like, and that's where the like real healing happens. Where you're like between sleep, that place between like deep sleep and but you're still conscious. And oh man, it's like. It, again it's like a practice like it takes a while to get into it but when you start uh, some of it it's just so relaxing and your body the next day you just feel so re-energised and I, I'll send you a few links to that Please. some good shit yeah. it's funny man that you say that because like I'm already catching myself here you know telling this story of myself I like you see I, I know that about myself like I like the idea that I hate yoga like, yeah. I, I think it's funny <laughs> yeah. you know I actually think it's a bit gas um, <laughs> but like so this week, this is going to sound so fucking basic, but like, it's just true. I haven't read a book voluntarily as an adult. I really haven't. I don't read at all. Because oh, I, I was similar to you, man. But well, this is the yeah. thing. I'm reading a book now and I actually feel reborn. Brilliant. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I am in love with the book. Mm. It's, and it's so obvious. It's the one that literally, like, the reason I'm reading it is because like, Loads of people who I think are smart and funny and I like were posting with this book. Normal people. Oh, normal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read it? I haven't no because uh, obviously that they're trying to do a TV series. Yeah. So loads of people have been seeing. I read like uh, the first half. I actually need to keep keep going on it. It's it's unreal. The the writing is so sharp, man. It's so beautiful. Oh. Like, and I just feel like reborn by it. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. I also used to never drink tea or coffee. Mm. In the last like few months, I started drinking tea, and like literally about three weeks ago, I, I had a cup of coffee, mm. and I love it. And I just feel like I was. <laughs> So much I'm missing out. <laughs> yeah, like and now that I've like stopped telling it, like because I kind of like the idea. Like I thought it was like kind of fun that like I don't drink tea. Mm. Like I'm the only guy in Ireland who doesn't drink tea. I like that and it mm. is fun and I yeah. still I still it's appreciate rebellious, that. You know? yeah. yeah, but like, but I don't know. There's just something about like yoga is my next one of them to yeah. be like. Well, try it. Maybe you don't like it and that's fine. You haven't even tried it. Ah, like you know, in drama school or whatever I have. Ah, no, but you I, need to go to a proper teacher, man. Just I give it a shot. It. Yeah, give it a shot. And like I think as well, like. Yeah, I, there was a lot of stuff probably tied up in it because, like, Romana mm. was obviously, like, mad into yoga yeah. and, like, we were such a big part of each other's lives as well but, like, you know, romantically and friendship and there's probably loads of other feelings tied into it, yeah. I reckon. I yeah. bet it's not as simple oh, as, like, shit. just being like, I don't like yoga. There's like, a reason. <laughs> like, I think it was, like, a little power struggle between them because she was always like, oh, you should... Yeah. You should do yoga, and I'm and like, no. Yeah, exactly. It's and then someone's like, you should do this. You're like, yeah, well, I'm not gonna fucking do it. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 totally. It does a bit of that. Yeah, even if it's not, even if it's not fully conscious, it's like, no, no, well, fuck, no, I'm not gonna do it. Then. Yeah, or yeah, I will, but it's like, no, I won't. You know, like, no, yeah. totally. Yeah, like no, like it's that weird thing of like, I know the only thing she wants really from life is to like find a boyfriend who will go to yoga retreats and like so I'm not going to give her that I'm not going to be that I'm not that, that guy you, you know what I mean <laughs> stop trying to change you're me you're not going to change me exactly like a fucking loser oh, um, but as well just just on that yeah there's a great oh, actually he, he's off YouTube now because I don't know what happened actually I think he got like racially abused or I don't know what happened some bad kind of shit happened mm. but um, he's called Millionaire Hoy and he used to have these like, great like half an hour yoga sessions but he comes at, at uh, from a point of view as like a, a sportsman who's got into yoga like he does like 
uh, he, I think he was an American footballer or something, but like really fit, like he's a runner and stuff. Mm. So he comes into it like like stuff for like after the gym kind of yoga, like mm. to to stretch parts that you've been working on. And like he has these like half an hour, sometimes an hour and a half videos, whatever you want. Unreal. I think he has his own website now, but I think you have to pay for it, which is annoying because I think he left YouTube for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But also Yoga with Adrian's a good little good one. Yeah, I keep hearing about that. Yeah, Yoga with Adrian's I, I, I preferred him because he's just like snappy bubble. He's kinda like like energetic and mm-hmm. like Yoga with Adrian's like gorgeous, but it's very like very mm-hmm. slow. And I think sometimes if you're not in that space it's kind of hard to get there. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I relate to yeah. that hard. Okay, yeah, okay. Hey guys, Tom here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but uh, here at Headstuff, we have a ton of other amazing podcasts. So I'm going to throw it over to Aaron, who is going to insert a digital advert with one of the podcasts that you should be listening to. If you like this podcast, you're probably going to like a ton more on the Headstuff Podcast Network. When it comes to understanding political issues, I am a self-confessed toddler. That's why I've enlisted the help of Steve, my politically savvy drinking buddy, to help me better understand politics. Every couple of weeks, we get together and record on topics like what is the politics of language, what is Watergate, how the internet is killing democracy. We take these big issues and we break them down into silly little comedic bite-sized bits. If you like the sound of that, then search for What Am Politics in your podcast app of choice or find us here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Let's give it a spin. The sound of it down here is cool. Uh, all right, here we go. Number 51. Do you have Yes! A- fucking yes. Oh, So man. What, what do I do now? Do I cross Just that cross out? cross it out. Put Bingo. a little heart around it. Do whatever you want. Draw a six it. through it. And six. Uh, <laughs> six, 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 six. Um, so do I get to ask you now? No, I don't. No. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Chance <it. laughs> Do you have an obsessive personality? An obsessive personality? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What uh, sort of things? Uh, I, I, like... It's weird. It's weird things. Uh, like in terms of, uh, let me see. Let me think of my obsessive personalities. I suppose it's like I always have to make the bed when I get up. That mm. kind of stuff. And that's something I kind of uh, had like, like as like a young whatever teenager going through depression and stuff. It was something that like it was the only thing I could control. Mm. So I was like, I'm gonna make the bed. So it's like something that's followed me now. Like I like literally. <laughs> like if Jill has like left the covers out like, to make the bed and then she'll get back into bed and be left again I'm like oh god just make the bed and then I'm like once I've made the bed I'm grand there's like just loads of them man um, I'm also kind of like superstitious uh, oh cool yeah which ones oh weird like the, the magpies man this sounds crazy but like literally when I was when I was younger I used to like um be so obsessed with the magpies it would like affect my day like if I seen like only one like one for Sarah I'd be like oh fuck man uh, obviously there's a cheat for that you go like hello Mr. Magpie or you salute him or whatever mm. but uh, I remember when we were, we were playing football uh, it's when I was playing for Newtown and we were playing Arab Moor in the semi-final of the cup and uh, and there was like one magpie on the roundabout and we all said hello Mr. Magpie and one of the lads up the front I can't, I can't remember his name I think Shane yeah Shane was like I was like, say, say hello, like, you didn't salute the magpie, fucking salute him, man. And he's like, no, no, man, I'm not doing that, don't believe in that shit. I was like, literally, his mum saluted everything, everyone did it, except him. He was like, no, man, don't believe in that shit. We were 2-0 down in the match, and I remember the balls coming in, and I fucking just booted up the bitch, and I was like, Shane, you prick, you should have fucking saluted the magpie. <laughs> so it was that kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, these little weird things. Yeah, uh, um, yeah and I, I kind of, I go through phases of being obsessed with, like, different things uh, so I don't know off the top of my head I can't I, I don't know I have that, kind, I have that in me mm. like kind of an extreme personality I'm like 
full on something or full off. It's very kind of those definites. There's no like, like just chilling, you know. Oh man, I'm so the same. Like I've I've realized that about myself. Like I only live between like zero and twenty yeah. and eighty and hundred. Yeah. Like I don't really have that middle place where you're meant to live. Like yeah, exactly. Like, you're probably meant to live between like. 65 and 90 Yeah You know exactly. what I mean um, But I have the bit of yoga though To keep me there you know? ah, <laughs> So you need to get on that bus Then you're sort of man oh, yeah, <laughs> You know There's something to be said for And look What do you think it comes from Is it that Like you said You know Going through depression So it was something you could control mm. is, is Does that ring true I think so Yeah It's just about controlling Is like As well Like I try to keep Like Stuff as organized as possible. People look at me and think No way He's organized He's a bloody mad lad He's a mess Whatever But I like to keep my Everything as organized as possible and like I, I always love cleaning and keeping the place clean I don't like mess and stuff mm. uh, you know so yeah I'm forever trying to like <laughs> clean out my head because for, for me like a disordered room or disordered thing is like it represents internally what's going on like a disordered mind or just mm -hmm. you know and I'm, maybe it's complete bullshit but it's it's something that's always rang true like I always feel much better after like cleaning the apartment or cleaning the house or cleaning my room or whatever like back home and stuff mm. uh, it's it's really um like cathartic or something it's just like cleansing I'm like yeah okay things are in order now I can go again you know mm. so I think it's like a restart kind of point but uh yeah, I'm trying to think because I have loads of these little obsessive things. My head's like melted. No, that's all I'm right. Trying to think, and and like with what what is it that do you, you think that that um, how do you think that I'm trying to ask about the depression thing, mm. and I'm trying to phrase it. How do you think that that uh, affected like the depression? Because obviously, like depression can be such a fucking huge hole. Mm. Yeah. And so something as simple as making a bed, if you're not someone who's gone through it, probably yeah. sounds like trivial. And like, yeah. what are you talking about? What but, What was the practical? Uh, I suppose because when you're there and you're in that the depth of darkness, like you, you feel like you can't do anything. And it's like that helplessness mm -hmm. and the lack of control. You feel like literally, I can't even get up. Like making a, making a bit of toast or getting out of bed is like a big deal. Yeah. So like, I think, uh, I, I can't remember was it true cognitive behavioral therapy or true one of these where it was just like, it's like controlling the little things that you can't control makes mm. like the bigger stuff easy to handle. Mm -hmm. If you break things down into like bite-sized chunks, so just making your bread bed and like making sure that's perfect. It's like, it's kind of like uh, it's 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 like um, uh, OCD. It's like obsessive obsessive mm -hmm. compulsive disorder, but you're using it in a, in a positive way. Obviously, if it keeps going, it can get bad. But like you're trying to like be really particular about things to make to. It's like it's like what's the word? Um, sidelining or it's like you're not focusing then on how shit you feel because you're like well my bed looks good you know what I mean yeah. you know my room's in tip top shape okay have to go for a walk now I don't want to oh, I have to and you're like forcing yourself to do these little things and once I found like once you start doing them then for me anyway personally then I started getting out of the darkness you know mm. and it's like little step by step by step kind of stuff yeah 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 it's fascinating like it, like isn't it weird how simple we are as like creatures that mm. like that helps yeah big know? time and did you have that awareness because it's funny i have a memory myself of like and now it wasn't within like a mental health context mm. that i remember this but it was probably more within a career context but I, I always had that thing of being like you know control the controllables or, or yeah. whatever it was like yes i, I always it's weird like because that's something you might read in a yeah. self-help book and like maybe that's like oh fuck that makes loads of sense but i think as well with these self-help books and stuff it's like it's stuff we've already known. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a big believer in it's like stuff we've known but we've forgotten because of conditioning, because of life we've grown up in. Like these these uh, truths, like 
they they speak to us on a deep level. Mm. So when you hear this stuff, you're like, oh yeah, of course. It's like ping. It like it resonates with you. And sometimes you hear stuff that you're not ready for, and you're like, oh mm. no, fuck that shit. So I think yeah, when 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 in these self help books, they like break these things down into manageable chunks and all. All that makes complete sense. And I think we all know that innately anyway. Yeah. So that's why they can resonate or be so good. I, I don't know. Mm. Um, and have have there been times you can think of where you heard something and it, you weren't ready to hear it? Um. There's probably been loads. I can't think off the top of my head. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I, I definitely have had that feeling, but... Like, where do you feel like you're at in, in your life now? Because I was thinking about that. Like, if you talk to me like right now this week, right, mm. I feel fucking great. Mm. And I, I haven't felt great in a while. Mm. Like, I, I kind of... I went through, like, probably my first serious bout of depression, like, towards the end of last year. Mm. And it was miserable. It mm. was fucking horrible. And and then I kind of was fine and I started to feel like myself again, yeah. which felt amazing because of how low I'd been. Yes, exactly. And now and now I actually feel, I think, like normal good, but because of where I was, I feel fucking incredible. Yeah, it's such an appreciation for life. Like, it's, like, yeah. it's unbelievable yeah. what it does. Where, where do you kind of feel like on like that? That's a pretty big spectrum. But Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I'm pretty much with you there. I, I'm not the best I've ever felt, but I feel pretty good. Th- mm. Things are good, you know? Things are, things are great even. Uh, I'm like... It's weird. It's like the little things are all kind of in alignment. Like I have a great girlfriend, mm-hmm. live in town now. I'm like I'm, I'm out of the house. That's great. Uh, you know, uh, I have a car, which is great. I mean, he probably fucking might not be gone for too much longer. But <laughs> <laughs> it's still going. Yeah. Uh, like these little things, and like yeah, for me, like that's what really matters. Is when you can sort those little things out, then the happiness just comes. And also, happiness is like such a a relative thing it's like it's up and down and mm. I think the idea of like trying to always be happy is like suicide because it just it's moment to moment and I think what I'm better at now is not like worrying about the down times and not like over like panicking because like when I get depressed and stuff I used to get like fo- like get more depressed because I was like why am I depressed I shouldn't be depressed and that would make me even more depressed it's mm-hmm. so, like depression on top of depression and it's like this kind of cyclical thing um, so I think yeah for me now like if if stuff is bad I'm like oh well I'm just having a bad day mm-hmm. it's grand I just accept it more and I think like that that makes it just easier to manage and I think I'm like everything's great and I'm just so happy to be alive so like you know when when, when you when you like judge these things like these bite sized things like oh, I'm happy for this happy for this happy for this the gratitude is there it just makes life just so much easier mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, and you know it's funny I find myself being able to genuinely and I mean genuinely be grateful at the moment yeah. and and not because I couldn't do it when I was down because I could and mm. I would make a point of doing it yeah. but it, it was false Yeah, but you, but you don't appreciate it as much because you haven't been to that and I mean that's not mm. saying I mean people who ha- haven't had depression don't like they, I'm sure they have a, like a wonderful life but like uh, death gotta be easy because life is hard it'll leave you physically mentally and emotionally scared that's a 50 cent lyric like that literally oh. that kind of stuff is like when it's that bad you like when you've come out of it you're like fucking hell I'm so happy to be here you know yeah Uh, and my experience of it was very frustrating because like like what we were talking about earlier you know things you do to stay healthy or whatever like mm. I I am good at a lot of those like I exercise most days Mm. I go to therapy like kind of staggered but like 
it'd be rare that I go say six weeks, two months without going. You yeah. know what I mean? You're looking after yourself, you know? Yeah, like yeah. I'd probably go like three to six weeks is a good timeline for me. Mm. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, I've got great friends. I sit down and do this podcast. I have meaningful mm. conversations with people. I love what I do. I write like every day. Mm. I eat quite well. I um I don't drink a lot. I do you all. Make the- me feel shit, man. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm no, don't don't get me wrong. I fucking like you like flash cut to me like you know like a Domino's family meal for yeah. four and I'm but still that's great as well. You but know, sure, I mean? no, it is. Yeah. But like that was what was frustrating uh, to me was I wasn't doing that. I was doing all the good things. Mm. I was doing all the things I thought were good, the things that get you out of depression, yeah. and I wasn't helping. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like I, that was so frustrating to me. Like the control thing. Yeah, like, I was like. I'm I am doing, controlling I'm the, the controllables yeah. yet I can't control anything because yeah. I'm in this fucking hole yeah. and I can't get out of it yeah. um, and it was it, it was that amazing thing what was your experience of like getting out of it was it similar or did you actually find a way where you could get yeah. out of it see it was, it was it definitely similar because you go through so many things trying to like, and also there's a lot of like defeat like a lot of it was just me going oh, I can't do this man I've had enough like no energy and just like doing nothing and just sleeping mm. and in a way like I don't think that helps but in a way I think maybe it did maybe it reset my brain or some shit mm. but yeah I mean there's that kind of like proactive thing and trying to to force it I find whenever I come out of it's usually by fluke I don't think there's any I mean these things help mm-hmm. these little things you can do and all these uh, practices for, but for me personally it would it would like it would come at me like in a different way like when I'd feel good it would be something that it, uh, I don't know how to explain. It. It'd be something that I didn't expect to make me feel good. Mm. That would change everything, and then because of that little thing, I was able to build on that. Mm. It was like because uh, like you can try so many things, and I mean, but I think it's good to be active and proactive and fight against it regardless. Because sure. I think if you're just like lying around and feeling shit, and there's I mean there's there's space for that too, and it it happens. And I've I've been there, and I've, I was definitely one that it took a lot for me to even get out of bed, but like if you can just do these little things and really force yourself to, like you said, the, all this stuff you were doing, and then suddenly, like, what was it for you? I mean, suddenly it changes. and It's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly, is it? Yeah, or? Well, I think so, but as you were talking there, I was going to ask you what the role, like, of, like, working or not working plays, because obviously, oh, in our game, yeah, yeah. there's times where you're not working, and, like, you see, what, what's interesting as well is, I think we're similar in the sense we'd have a, like, a comparable energy and we're both quite high energy, mm. positive, friendly mm. guys. Like people wouldn't associate yeah. us. And, exa- and exactly, people wouldn't associate because that, that's, the, that's the, the, the face or the mask we present to the world is this right. kind of like, yeah, oh, Quake, you're such a, a fun, happy guy. And then it's like, and there's a fear in that too because then it's like, if that's what people are expecting, I can't be depressed around people. I feel like mm. I'm bringing the fucking mood down. Right. So like recently, only recently, I've kind of got to the point where it's like, no, all of me is relevant and can like breathe in this space and my friends can and who've known gone through the stuff with me have can can accept me when i'm in that space too mm. and like like if, if i'm feeling a bit shit i can't just be that person who's a bit quiet or feeling a bit shit it's not the like out, outgoing kind of thing because i also feel like for me <laughs> like outgoing is one thing like this extrovert introvert kind of thing i feel like i'm a an introverted extrovert someone who has to force themselves out like since i was a kid i've always felt kind of quite shy and quite uncomfortable but I knew I didn't want to be like that mm. I was like no I'm not going to fucking oh, be man. quiet man yeah. so I like was forcing myself out there mm. to be like co- communicative and to and like funny and cheerful and funny is not one word but like just to be out there and like chatting and fucking having the crack mm-hmm. so I forced myself to be that and then obviously then you become associated with that and then it's hard to like be anything else but then once you're actually comfortable with all the madness that goes on in you and you're like, well, now I can go down to the shops or go out and go to a party and be 
squat slightly down or whatever. I'm, I'm just going to chill or maybe I won't drink tonight or all these things. Once you're powerful or not powerful, but once you're, just, it is powerful, I suppose. Once you're in yourself with that, mm. like people then don't ask you these questions because mm-hmm. they know you're comfortable with it. It's when you're like fighting against it so much. You're like, oh, why am I angry? Why am I depressed? Why am I feeling shit? And then they, they're like, oh, what's up, man? Like, what's going on? That's when that happens. But if you're in a comfortable place with whatever's going on with you, I think those conversations tend not to happen because people have their own shit going on as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. only when you're broadcasting this like negativity or then it starts like, oh, what, what's, what's wrong with Quakey? Why is he this? Or what's wrong with Tom? Why isn't he chattier? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think that was like a, a recent kind of like last year kind of realization, something I probably always knew or always was trying to understand. But is that like wh- wherever you're at, is okay, you know yeah. what I mean? It, do you know, it's, it's funny, it's kind of shooting off into something slightly different, but do you ever meet someone, because I imagine we might have a same, similar instinct mm. when you meet someone and you want to, you know, you want to make them feel at ease yeah. and you want the conversation to have, say, no, like, pauses or, like, yeah. awkward moments and yeah. you want everyone to, like, feel good and yeah. positive. It's interesting because, like, some, I am very good at that. Like, mm. that is a skill of mine. Yeah, some people, I find that very hard with and, yeah. like, I will automatically feel that myself and be like, why is this awkward with this? Why can't yeah. I fix this? Man, I'm the same. And you always bring, bring it on yourself. You're yeah. like, oh man, I must be fucking bringing the town down here. What's going on? What am I doing? Right. And it's complete bullshit because no. it's just, it's what you're being given sometimes from the other person. Totally. It's like, a, it's a two-way thing. Yeah, you to know? try and remember like, like they, ex- like you were just another person in their life. Like they experienced this with probably a majority yeah. of people. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But like that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah, you know what I mean? And and that's fine. And that's just the way they go through life. Maybe yeah. they like going exactly. through life like that. Maybe they're comfortable like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you're making them uncomfortable yeah. with your fucking need to like fix the conversation yeah. in the way that you want. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I, that is something like I absolutely had to reconcile myself with is that like work for me. It's so many, like I love what I love. I love acting, mm. I love creating, I love, like, just that world that, like, we're so lucky to be in. Obviously, with it, there comes times where it's quiet, or mm. you're waiting on something, yeah. or you're not getting stuff, mm. or there's nothing happening. Yeah. Um, does that, d- does that affect your mental health? Big time, yeah. It does. Big time. And for me, yeah, because it's, like, the, this game is so unpredictable. And like you never know what's around the corner, but you never know if is there anything around the corner. So there, yeah, it is it, in those times. It's it's dark, and I think for me is like especially if I don't have a, like even a job. Like if I'm just at home, like doing nothing, then like idle mind mm. shit gets dark. So yeah, for me it's like it's doing those kind of just trying to keep active. Like even if it's going for a walk, having a schedule, getting up at like getting up at an early hour because you can slip into this thing once you're not working of getting up at like two o'clock in the morning and playing FIFA all day and mm-hmm. fucking eating shit and like so I tried to and what I'm trying to do more is I tried to actually set a schedule right I'm going to get up uh, at eight o'clock at least every day maybe even seven if I can mm-hmm. I'm going to do yoga I'm going to maybe if the place is quiet or if I can find a space do a fucking voice warm up all this kind of just something towards the thing you know mm-hmm. because as well I feel like as like actors we don't get enough of a fucking chance to do the thing yeah. you know like like full stop practice or like out in the work which is practice anyway but mm-hmm. like if, if you're a fucking plumber you're doing plumbing what 30, 40 hours a week yeah. you know how, how, how often do we spend two hours a day on our craft like not, not very often because there's so many other shit you're trying to pay rent you're trying to do all this other stuff. So I think, yeah, I think it's about like staying focused in those downtimes, staying focused on like, I want to be the best I can be. So, okay, it's shit now, Mm -hmm. but what can I do? What Again, about control. What can I control? I can read plays. I can go to like an art gallery. 
I can I can watch great films like or or like study like pick an actor and just study his whole thing or her whole um whatever collect his collection or mm-hmm. body of work mm-hmm. uh like these these kind of things like practical things I'm like no I can actually be still feel like I'm going towards my goal as being a an actor who works mm-hmm. you know so yeah I think that's that's important but also for me cuz I find like that's great but also it's I, like it, it can sustain for a bit but I have real trouble filling in the, the rest of the hours mm-hmm. and that's when the directors come in so I think like I, I'm I'm lucky that uh before I got into acting I did like a lot of crew work on films um like locations or props or like um my dad was green greensman in a few films so luckily I can make a few phone calls and be like here I need some work can I can I do like dailies on like road crew locations or any of this kind of stuff and they'll get me work and like that is a space depending on the job this is a fucking sweet sweet gig man depending on the job like sometimes if they're doing like prep um or construction for the sets before the shoot day mm-hmm. they'll be like it's literally like a pretty quiet day and you're stuck in a car in the middle of nowhere there's no reception or anything so you can't like well, but sometimes you download stuff on your, your iPad or whatever but for the most part you're just stuck in this car for hours mm-hmm. and you're getting paid and I just read and read plays and read books and I'm getting paid to do that. So that that's when it's like not too bad, you know? Yeah. You know, because I make that work. And, but again, that job varies because sometimes it's mental. But it's still, I like the mental too. I, I actually prefer it because the day goes quicker. Mm-hmm. But that's also a good space because if there's auditions coming up and stuff, I'm still getting paid and I can like learn lines and do all that kind of stuff. Sure. And yeah. You know, it was interesting. It was just when you said that, like it does resonate, like, you know, that thing of... um how quickly things can change because mm. even even right it's since like we sat down an hour ago okay mm. you know we were talking about like you know you've got a play coming up and then there's like and there's this coming up so like could be doing that mm. and a player like might shift something around like you know at any minute like anything can change yeah. like the, I got taught a really interesting lesson at the end of last year and man truth be told I'd like to tell you that you know me coming out of my depression had nothing to do at work I'm not sure that would be honest because mm. like I did get work and I, I think I was kind of coming out of it and maybe yeah. work came but what happened was I, I'd done this like gig and I knew it was coming back but I didn't think I was coming back onto the gig mm. uh, just because th- there was a smaller budget for the second time and like it was fine it, was, it wasn't it was even like a thing of hurt feelings like oh, this is a practical thing you won't be back and mm. that was always the way I went in but then I got a phone call like and, and she was like you good for Monday Tom we'll see you then for rehearsals and I was like sorry excuse me like, like for, the, for the gig like you've been booked in it for months, and like I've been booked in this big long gig for like for like well it was like five weeks right but yeah. like a good chunk of That's work a good chunk of work yeah yeah and I'd been booked in it for like two months and I just didn't know and like so like you know and you know when you and I just didn't know and like but you generally did just didn't you? I I had no idea. I had no idea. I knew I was in this WhatsApp group that kept dinging, but I thought I was just, they'd left me in it from the first time and forgot to take me oh out. I was in the gig the whole time. And like, I had work coming and it was just, but it was a really good lesson to be like, you know, you felt like you were like an out of work actor and at the time there was nothing coming in audition. Mm. Like it, was, it just felt, you know when you just, yeah, it was a dark period there last year. It was just like fucking nothing. Like, yeah. Nothing. And like, it just felt hopeless. And then, you know, stuff, like in the minute, like I'm so obvious. Like it, it, like even coming in to do a podcast today, like that feels like me. That feels like my life. Mm. I love that. Like coming in to and like you know going and doing a day of writing, like yeah. that feels like me. It feels like my life. Yeah. Going to the theater, that feels my, yeah. my life. But when That's I'm not great doing to that, have those, th- those, th- especially those because they're still creative. It's still, oh, yeah. it's leaning towards it. This is like you know what I mean. That's amazing to have that. Like yes, yeah. but it's so funny when that is taken away from you yeah. or when it, that is not available to you. Yeah. Like how quickly then you're like, I don't feel like me. Like yeah. this isn't me. Yeah. And like it's that uh, dissociation. 
that like brought on my depression. Mm. Like, I, like there were loads of things. Like, I yeah, it was just like, yeah, it's hard because mm. you're like you, you. I really like who I am, and I like yeah. the image of who I see myself mm. as in the world, and who I think other people see me as. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I think he's a good guy. Mm. And then when you don't you feel, are a good guy. thank you, man. <laughs> and when you don't feel like that, yeah. you're like. Ah. What the fuck? Who am I? What do I do? Yeah, pure panic, and the dis- dissociation is definitely the right word because you're like you come like out of yourself. You're like looking at yourself from a new angle, like who the fuck is this? Mm. And it's scary. It's very fucking scary. So yeah, no, I definitely, definitely associate that. It's an interesting what you talk about though, the, getting the job because mm. it's, it's things like that. It's like boom, yes, you know, yeah. and it can have such a good uh, thing, and, and and it's great that 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 is the case as well because it's good that stuff can pull you out of like yeah. that. I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all, but I think. It was interesting how you talked there because about um, like uh, like what what we associate with, is us and stuff, mm-hmm. and like yeah, I I definitely think it's great to have your identity. Like I'm an actor and all that stuff, but I think it's also to realize like you have that like okay, well also I can do writing, also I can. Well, I don't think I can do a podcast, but also you know these these kind of things Man, that you be, I was literally just thinking how good you would be <laughs> having a podcast. I swear to God, it was no, it was because you're very good at um like sometimes when you sit down with people and it's lovely because I'm having them in to chat about them, but you're very good at like relating back to me. You're very good at making a conversation, okay, yeah, yeah. which I think people will enjoy listening. Oh, to. lovely, hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They've switched off. We give it a spin. Let's go again. I've won. Why would our podcast be called? Someone pitched to me actually the other day the idea they were like. You should do a podcast that's just about sex called Sexuality Bingo. Sexuality Bingo, that's yeah. intense. And it is intense. And I like don't think it would... I don't know how many people would be willing to come on and just talk about their sex lives. In like, I actually would be. An hour long thing about sex It might have to change, lives. maybe 69 minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, right, uh, number yeah, f- I did, I 46. 46. Would 40, you do Sexuality Bingo? I definitely would, yeah. 48 though. No, 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 no dice. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like it would be hard to get like guests. It, I think it would. I think. I mean, I think Sean Doyle would be up for it. I think there's certain people who'd be up for it. But yeah, I mean, it might be like maybe like as a short form thing. Like mm-hmm. you'd have like if you get like six people or whatever special number. Yeah. Like and then just do it like a like a kind of off branch. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like a mini series. Hmm. Interesting. We have a we have a new like Patreon page now where like oh, people can you know um, chip in a few bob if they have it to spare, mm. which has been great and it's been like working, which is great because I started and I was like, I really hope this works because like it'd be so helpful just to make this like manageable. Yeah, it's so good, Patreon, isn't it? What they do, it's like, amazing, brilliant. it's brilliant. Mm. But that might be a really cool thing if you did like sexuality bingo as like a reward thing. If someone chips in like I don't know, like ten or fifteen quid, you know yeah. what I mean? Because like it. Everyone is interested in everyone's sex life. <laughs> it would be interesting to listen to. Though, it would know, be so interesting to listen to. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually getting nervous even thinking about it, but I, I do like it. Though. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like, how would you get the questions? Because like, I don't think there's 60 questions to ask about someone's sex life. No, I, yeah. Like, but 30 maybe. 30 definitely, mm. yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, what was it? Number 46, wasn't it? 48. Was it? 48, yeah. No, I'm no, joking. The one you didn't fucking arsehole. 48, is it? Yeah, cross it out. <laughs> Two and now one away. All right, I'm gonna nail you with a hard question now. Oh shit! Do you believe in an afterlife? Do I believe in an afterlife? Wow, no. Okay. Um, I went through many different <laughs> beliefs uh, as a young man. Um, like my mum is religious. Mm. Um, my on my granny side, my African side is uh, she was very religious. Sophie, so she believe, like believes in God and stuff. And like, I've I've no Christian problem. Religion. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, big time. And then, like, my dad's family, like, originally were very religious mm. Catholics, but then, I think, I can't remember his telling me the story, like, I think his, like, 
my granddad came home one day and was like, do you guys even want to go to church anymore? And they were like, they all rebelled basically as a family. Mm. So they stopped going and then like, they're all quite free thinking like my, my dad's family. So to answer the question, I believe um, that, <laughs> I believe that, I believe in re- reincarnation. Mm. So that like, I, be- I I don't know if I have many mad visions and stuff as well. So I believe this isn't my first life. I think this is probably, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I've definitely been here before. How many-ish? I think, I think this is my fifth. Okay. I think, I, I definitely have like, because <laughs> I've done these like healing things and stuff where you go, back and like you you like envision what's gone on and people like talk to your past life god i'm very wary talking about this no but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've done all that stuff and i don't know i believe it so uh whatever um yeah i believe in reincarnation i believe that like our whole goal is like to get to that space of like because I've, i like if uh, there's a book called the four agreements by this, this is another thing that keeps yeah. me in my life. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, well, I actually have the audiobook as well, man, so I'll send it on oh, to I you. I loved it's it. It's yeah, fucking class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the book as well, but I think uh, that's my dad, so he might not part with it, but I have the, have the audiobook. Mm. Um, but basically, it just talks about, like, when you come out of the, the womb, you're, like, one with yourself, with everything, you're connected. Mm. And it's, like, true, like, domestication and true, like, uh, conditioning that you start, like, separating from yourself and start, like, seeing yourself as, like... Um, what is it uh, like like that voice in your head that says you are shit you are like this stuff it's like a judgment thing mm. so you're like seeing yourself outside yourself so i think like for me the whole game the whole like aim for humanity and for myself is to find yourself back to that oneness mm. and once that's achieved when you die you just become one with everything else yeah <laughs> sounds really wanky but so i believe that like if you, you like each like life you're getting closer and closer to that kind of realization or like and not in like a goal way like i don't feel like it's a thing that can be stru- uh, striven for it's a thing that you can strive for mm. i think it's like it's 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 something that happens but it's also like i think like i believe in karma so i believe like life to life whatever hand you're dealt with is based on what's happened before and stuff mm. And again, these are like teachings that are like pulled from loads of different things. So it's not really like a concrete thing. It's just kind of my own head. So yeah, yeah no, and I, like I mean, that's why I don't think it's. That's why it doesn't. It doesn't. I know there's. It's such a weird thing that we have as like a. I don't know as a generation, but like that need to be like. I know it sounds wanky, mm. but and mm. then say what we actually. Did, yeah. Which I I feel that yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. By the way, but it's that thing of like yeah, so many people that I love and respect, you know, ha- share these views and they come from, you know. Like people way smarter than me, yeah. And it's one of them interesting things you said that you like have had like visions and mm. and stuff like that. You, you know, one of the things that people that I've listened to, I'm thinking of someone in particular who I always talk about in the podcast. But Pete Holmes is his name. He has a brilliant podcast okay, called Pete, "You Made It Weird." Pete Holmes. Okay. I'd say you'd really like it. Mm. Um, he also has a really good show on HBO called Crashing. Um, but yeah. anyway, cool guy. But he's like you know done a lot of like um not a lot of psychedelics. But he's mm. done like psychedelics and like that's the one thing that like everyone seems to take back from that. I I haven't done mm. any mushrooms or acid or anything like that, and I would be interested in mm. mushrooms in particular. I'd like to try that. Mm. But I guess what everyone talks about just seeing that like oh fuck, I am just this little part mm. of this greater energy yeah. and like we're all mushed together and, and the thing is you don't even need necessarily mushrooms or LSD or anything to do this mm-hmm. I mean I, I had like uh, again at the start of my depression um, my ex-girlfriend brought me to this like shamanic guy this uh, where was he from I can't remember where he's from but he had like this just this drum right and we, we just lay on the floor of her, <laughs> of her sitting room and he just like starts banging this drum 
and I'm holding her hand, like, you just, like, breathe deeply, going, like, and you suddenly just go, like, like, literally with a fucking drum, like, he, it's like the alpha beat or some shit, I don't know, and you go into this other um, headspace, and the whole thing is, you're, I was trying to, like, <laughs> I was trying to, like, find out my inner animal, right, yeah. and, like, you go through this whole thing, and he goes, now, this, like, vivid image just flashed in my head, like, right there, and I didn't know what the fucking thing was. So I've never seen anything like that. Like I, like I knew it was like, I thought it was like a fox or something, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. And he's like, now tell me what the animal is. And like some, someone answered, not, not someone answered for me, but like a part of me answered that was not to do with my head. And it was like, oh, it's, it's the coyote. And, uh, and he was like, wow. And he started going through this whole ream of stuff about the coyote and about what it signifies. And but I was like, oh, okay, I came out of the thing and I was like, okay, I don't know if I believe any of this bullshit. He probably had that prepared anyway, you know? But then when I actually studied what the coyote represents and stuff, it's actually, he was dead on, you know? Yeah, so this kind of stuff, I don't know, again, each to their own. But uh, yeah, for me, I, I found it kind of, it helped. But I don't think you, you exactly need drugs. You can do it through breathing. You can do, mm. do it like, um, what's the what's the breathing called? Jeez, my head. Uh, not triptronic what's the some kind of hypertropic is like ah mean words mm. really like intense uh, <laughs> breathing and stuff you can get it go into like these mm. trance states and stuff if that's what you want to do for me now i've actually none of that stuff is important to me anymore i just want to keep my feet in the ground i don't want to f- like try to fly yeah. or float out there sure but i mean obviously it's great to explore these things but for what me a now weird, it's just cool like, girlfriend you had yeah i know she was she's very very cool that's such a fucking cool thing to do yeah. like it's like so weird and cool yeah. <laughs> like that like that would be your instinct to do that that's really interesting yeah. well she's amazing yeah i mm. love that story that's a great story all right sweet let's give it a okay spin. let's go come on number six okay here we go number you spend them enough, man. Like, six. No, it's not number six. <laughs> 16. Oh, I was close, but no dice. No dice. Number uh. 16. What are your memories of 9-11? Oh, because I listened to a few of the podcasts and I heard this one. I was like, oh, Jesus. It's the most memorable yeah, question by far. It is definitely the most memorable question. For me, like, I don't I don't think I have, like, how old was I? I was like, uh, I was like 10, I think. But yeah, for me, it was coming home from school and, uh, because in our house then it was like this little cottage we hadn't put we hadn't got the the extension yet so it's like this little cottage and we used to have the I think the TV up in my room as far as I know that my room was like TV uh, my room was like TV room slash my room yeah that makes sense um so I remember my mum was just kind of sitting around the TV and I kind of went up and it was just all these like horrible images of like fucking mm. fire and death and people falling and I remember it was it was weird I don't remember feeling anything I remember just like it was like I couldn't move. I was like fixated on the screen, but then the screen kind of blurred and like everything else kind of came into sharp focus, like around it. And I was like kind of looking out the window with like a little tiny window on the side and I kind of turned from the TV. I was like kind of looking out there and it was like a really sunny day and it was like, it was September, but it was, it was like gorgeous. And I was just like, I remember like, I didn't have any words or thoughts. It was just like, like a plummeting in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was, it was very weird very weird and I think like it took me a while to even start like processing what was going on like maybe like months later or something but for me it was just like Woof. and my mum wasn't speaking either we were just kind of about like watching the TV I think my brothers were probably there no m- maybe not actually maybe it was just me and my mum well, that's all I remember anyway but uh, mm. yeah it was weird it was very weird Um, uh, yeah it was like it's beyond words it was something that's so big and for me, it was like beyond feeling or thought. I just, uh, 
I couldn't even feel horrified. It, it was weird, especially at that young as well. Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been like scared or shocked or I was just like, like I felt hollow. Uh, like it was definitely, it felt like a deep feeling coming like in my stomach, but it was like a, like a drop, but like frozen. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what's so weird <laughs> about that day is that like we go through our lives, right? Like as humans, like, so we've been alive for like a lot of the same mm. time, right? Like we can probably remember in reality very few days, or mm. like certainly like dates. I couldn't yeah. really tell you anything. That I'm the same. I'm not. I don't have that kind of head. Yeah. You know, but like nine eleven in two thousand one is like a day that everyone knows about. Yes, big time. It, like that. Like that is so crazy. It that is. That we can crazy. all like go back and just talk about where we are. And we're all the same. I guess coming yeah. from school as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you know, and, and in a horrible. way I know it's. It's sorry to cut across. I know. I know it's a like a obviously it was a really horrible event, but like to have that shared kind of experience is something that's dare I say special that everyone can like know where they were and relate to that mm. like because at such a specific time together mm-hmm. like collective consciousness kind of thing it's like kind of like on another level in a in a horrible horrible situation but sure uh, yeah sorry continue like, uh, no but it yeah. was just that thought of yeah no it is it, like I mean I think anything that does that like is special and obviously like God if you could swap remember like having a collective consciousness moment mm. for like the lives of those like however many thousand people yeah. like that's an easy swap yeah. like you know you bring those poor yeah. poor poor people back but like um, yeah it was just it was just it was just monumental yeah big time man monumental and he's bigger bigger than us bigger than anything and it's the first time I mean the thing is like horrible events have been happening like for generation generation but it was the first time where it was just like so televised it was mm-hmm. so loud terror terrorists the war on terror all this kind of these words being flinged around you're going like what the fuck is going on you mm. know this is this is crazy uh yeah so i mean obviously there's all these conspiracy theorists as well i don't know if i think when i was younger like into all that shit and all yeah, that. Yeah. it's yeah i don't know i don't think it's important anyway regardless of mm-hmm. the state of the world now but it was just yeah it was horrible yeah it was one of the interesting things about it i remember hearing I think they actually talk about it on that show I mentioned, The Crashing Show, because mm. they were, th- that guy, Pete Holmes, was coming up as a comedian at the time in Chicago. Mm. And he talks about, like, what it was like, you know, because they all kind of went on stage, like, soon mm. after. And, like, you know, comedian, you're kind of, like, you know, working off, like, that collective yeah. consciousness. And, and the like, energy you're getting. The yeah. energy, whatever's going on. Mm. So, like, obviously, 9-11 is doing, like, a very specific thing, like, yeah. to the American psyche. Mm. Like, I wonder, like, one of the things that he spoke about was, like, do you know, did you see that movie, The Big Sick? Oh, the, Kumail Nanjiani. The bit, I've heard of that. No, oh, I didn't. It's see. amazing. It's really good. But um, it's a, this Pakistani comedian, and you know he he, he that was that was just last year, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the year before, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it was nominated for best original screen, mm. one best original mm. screenplay actually. Amazing films, really, just really good. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it might be on Netflix. I could be wrong, but anyway. But he, he Pakistani comedian, he like talked about like the just the racism mm. that he had flung at him in the aftermath because you know mm. like people knew that like it was. Like people with brown yes, skin, of course. so like that kind of know, reaction is yeah. People would like literally just shout "fucking terrorist" at him on stage, Jesus. whatever the f- fuck it was, like yeah. nonsense stuff. What as someone like we talked about earlier, like mm. growing up black yeah. in a society that's just I don't know, especially when you were younger. Even now, <laughs> Ireland's probably yeah. diversified a lot. <laughs> it's very diverse now. Yeah, back then, no. <laughs> like what? Like what does that? do or like does it do anything or how conscious of it were you I think I think uh, for me like in school and stuff I think not to be bad but there was a very distinct like um, definition between like 
Arabic and myself being half black and half African. Yeah. So I didn't really find much of a backlash from it. I mean, growing up in 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 Ireland, I've definitely have experienced it. Like, sure. Uh, to go off a bit, but my my mum, her first time in in Roundwood, their local village where we're <laughs> from, uh, my dad was in the pub, like just yeah, I think he had to get something off my, one of my aunties or something, and my mum was just in the in the car on her own, <laughs> and it's like it's like in the main street around it, and this like old man is like walking by, so like farmer or whatever, like walking stick, and he like stops. <laughs> <laughs> like does a double take it literally reverses taps on my mum's window and she like she opens the window and he goes sorry like I have to ask is it warm where you come from <laughs> and she just breaks her heart laughing she's like yes it is actually and he goes oh jeez I wondered because you're very dark <laughs> and like this kind of stuff and I mean I think I've always had that and I think in, in school like oh jeez will I say it? yeah I suppose well um it's you know that uh, like eeny meeny miny moe remember that yeah 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 that that rhymes so it always had like eeny meeny miny moe catch it nigger by the toe and I, and I I never knew what the fuck that meant yeah so I was like I think I was like six or something doing the and I was like I want to be the because like you always want to be the the is it the, the dip master I don't know the the guy who does oh, the dip yeah. dip dip, 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 dip. Or, yeah yeah I guess so, whatever yeah. it is mm. anyway I was like I want to be that guy so I was like jumped in the middle and I was like dip 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 and I was like eeny meeny miny moe catch a nigger and I said nigger and literally the the circle just like started like going like this like exploding and I was like what, what, what's going on and, like everyone's just looking at me and I was like what's what's wrong like what what did I say like was it eeny was it meeny or like, what's going on <laughs> and they're like oh you can't say that and I was like what do you mean I can't say that say what like and they're like nigger and I was like why what does it mean and they're like it means a black piece of shit <laughs> and I was still very slow I was like so <laughs> like I'm not a black piece of shit what, what do you mean like yeah. It's like, no, you can't say that. You're black. And I was like, am I? <laughs> and like, because I'd, I'd had like, obviously you're, you're aware that you're darker. Yeah. But like my, my cousins would used to take the piss and like jump in the, in the like get all the soot from the thing and like like put it out, like do blackface. And be like, look, I'm black like that. And we run around having the yeah, crack. Yeah. I mean, that was the only thing I really had of it. For the most part, I just thought it was kind of slightly brown. Like, mm. but um, so, so that was like, oof, okay, fuck. And th- that whole thing just opened up a different thing. And I found my, my time then was quite hard in school for that little period in, like, what, like, fucking baby and senior. Mm. And uh, yeah, I started getting a lot of fights then, like, and just <laughs> really the shit out of people. Yeah, I just got really, really aggressive. My mum, like, would pull me aside and she's just like, here, look, like, just fucking relax. Mm. Like, the kids, if, if they're racist towards you, it's nothing to do with you. Mm. It's their own ignorance. Mm. And, uh, and they're either jealous or... Or they just don't understand. It's it's nothing to do with you. And like you fighting, like what good is that? And I remember even like six, seven years of age, her saying this, and this kind of resonating. She was like, "What what good is you getting like angry about this? Mm. You know, you just you just empower them more if you're getting angry and fighting. Just laugh at them." And it was good, and it served me up until a point. And then I started getting bullied like at the last few years of primary school mm. and not really about my race just about a number of different different things so then the ignoring actually wasn't good because i'd always taught me i kind of conditioned myself to because mm-hmm. it's like that like we were talking sorry there's i'm going i'm rambling here but no, like, no, it's very that, interesting. That, that whole like uh, competitive side that we were talking about like yeah. i used to be so competitive as a kid like to my detriment right like i would like if 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 we were playing a football match against my brothers and my cousins and all and uh I'd be losing. I wanted them to keep playing until like my team would win. Like yeah. and bullying them into playing, and like we'd have like a little bicycle track, and like if I lost a bicycle race, I'd come home fucking fuming, crying, screaming, shouting, so angry, mm. losing a fucking bicycle race. And my mum was like, "Look, you can't go through your life like this. You need to fucking tamper that down. Mm. Like literally, that's not good for you. You're gonna kill yourself. Like it's only a race. It's only football." relax so 
I was always kind of like it was still there, but I was also, also trying to suppress this like the anger, the aggression, and the and the competitiveness. All these things trying to like no, I'm chilled, man, I'm chilled. So then like when I was being like bullied, um, uh, I was just I I just was told to ignore. So I was just assuming it would get better, but it didn't. Like I used to lose sleep and it was. It was horrible, really horrible experience. And w- the thing is, it wasn't physical; it was all psychological, which is even for me worse. And like, what was it? What was the actuality of it? It was like, like, he, he, like all these like little sly comments and all oh, your shit and all your crap and all these kind of things. And yeah, like some sometimes about my race and stuff. And oh, you'll never make to anyone. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking kick, kick you out in the football field. Just shit at football. All these mm-hmm. these kind of things. And like these little things. It's like say after like, but it was weird because like he. I'm not going to mention, but he, he used to be like my friend and stuff when we were like really young. Mm. He used to go over to his house and then suddenly this turn happened. I don't know if it's yeah. jealousy or what it was to do, but he just would always go at me. And there was like kind of like a group of like kind of cool kids in, in primary school were kind of, I just was kind of on the margin mm. and I wasn't really them. And they they kind of bullied again, like psychologically, not physically, but the rest of the the, the other kind of, on the on the margin kind of guys or whatever but it's just it was all these like sly little digs and like when we we're playing football he couldn't elbow me up against the wall and stuff mm. and i was always quite like a, a like nifty little player and quite fast and mm. i'd always like play well like in pe and stuff and all these th- these things and like i started noticing like i i wouldn't ask for the ball anymore and i was just like mm. and i was like oh fuck if my football is gone now now fuck this shit so then when we were leaving to go to secondary school we ended up it, whatever way it worked I suppose we'd go into another secondary school I was like grand mm. we ended up going to the same secondary school and we're in the we're in the Gwail talked and uh, I'd made friends with these uh, Dublin lads like mad lads and I was like oh yeah these fucking deli that's great football and I was just having a crack and uh, and we were playing with him one time and I was like this ends now this is not going again so mm. basically he got the ball the ball kind of sat up and I came in like, like a Roy Keane like chopped to the leg like fucking took him out and I just stood over him and he went to get up and I, and I said yeah come on get up I'm fucking ready like and then all the boys came around me and they're like, ah, oh, great tackle, man, great tackle. You're all right, fat lad. And they started like laying into him, right. like slagging him. And yeah. then suddenly, like that was the end of it. And mm. it didn't follow me into into secondary school. So I think in terms of, yeah, bullying, I think, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a tricky one. I think it's better actually to to challenge them yeah, to as early like, as possible. Like, because think about if you were a kid and like, and they came home and told you that story. Yeah. And like, what do you say? Cause yeah, you it's said, so like, hard, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, your mom gave the right advice at that time yeah. and then, like, it got to somewhere you needed to deal with it in whatever way you thought was right, mm. which sounds like it was, you mm. know, and it worked. It's it's fucking hard. It is really hard being a parent, like, yeah, because it's such a minefield, like, and it's it's circumstantial and everyone's different and, oh, yeah, fuck that, it's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's going to be tougher for us as well, like, yeah, the world's changing. Do you want to, do you want to, be a dad I 100% want to be a dad even in this yeah weird climate that we're living in but yeah 100% yeah 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 me too yeah I, I and I, I didn't always know that mm. and, I, and I think I think I know that yeah like, obviously everything can change but I, I think I do know that yeah have you been gurning yet yeah I got it re- like I got it when I was yeah like, no I I'm tw- 28 I got it when I was I think 26 I just started like really wanting a kid it was weird man mm. like really like and it's a it's an interest it's a feeling like that's comes from like the gut it's like oh it's like this i want to <laughs> copulate i don't know it was weird yeah very it, weird it, but it, it's, it's, it's kind a, of being subsided now because it's like well i don't have enough money but you know but, totally. but still it, it's something about like the extremity of feeling that i like about it yeah. like as in well I, like i just think it would be an amazing thing to do and like such a worthwhile use of my life mm. like to be honest yeah but like also like the way parents talk about their kids like i'm just kind of like well 
I'm going to assume that they're all correct. Yeah. And it is like the best thing ever. Yeah. And like the most amount of love you're ever going to feel. I'm mm. like, I really want to feel the extremities of like life. Like, yes. like what you're talking about, you know, yeah. going down that low mm. makes the high feel higher. Yeah. And it sounds like the capacity of a kid, like if something happens to that kid, like you feel it on like this depth. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, you know, you hear a story of a parent losing a child and yeah. like it just breaks your heart. Mm. But like that, you know, when you have a kid and you get to see them and share these amazing moments with mm. them and the highs that brings you to yeah. it's like I want that yeah I want that and also the challenge of adolescence because I was such a fucker as an adolescent so I, got, I oh, yeah. can imagine I have a lot of karma built up <laughs> yeah. for that time what sort of stuff were you doing like oh, I was wild man just yeah I went off the fucking oh it's just crazy hanging around with rough people and doing mm. mad shit and, and yeah. do, do you think that was like, do you look back in that and be like, that was important to make me who I am today? Or do you look back in that like, I could be who I am today and just not have put my parents <laughs> through all that shit? <laughs> uh, a bit of both. No, I, th- I think I I definitely had to go through that. Because it wasn't, it was like, it was a lot of shit. It was a lot of shit. Like, can you talk uh, about it? I don't know. Um, it was just like, it was weird. Like, are we, like, is it like fighting, drugs, drinking? Fighting, drugs, drinking, yeah, cars, all kind of stuff, yeah. It was yeah. a lot of, a lot of bold stuff. Um. Mm. But, like, it was weird. I will go into it, I suppose. We're here uh, when I said it, so <laughs> can't go back. It was weird because, like, being a... I think you hopefully recognise this as well. Yeah. It's like being a youngster, like, he really loves football. Yeah. Like, football was, like, my world. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, from the age of, like... Yeah, I am going to go into it. Yeah, from the age of, like, 12 to whatever, 15, 16, like football every single day every hour of the day I used to like if I was going out I'd have football in my bag even or a little football just yeah. football all the time I was like mad about it and like I think confidence wise I loved it and I I, I I thought like I was like quite good at it but a lot of people were like oh you should try you should try to like get trials you try to do this so me, me and my like mate at like 12 were like writing to Arsenal and, like, writing to fucking Stoke and like he's like we have to use like big words it's the first time like using like big words like I want to pursue a uh, career and, yeah. and football all this shit like thought it was great like and we got like responses and like no's but still responses yeah. like or, or, so it was, it was cool and like I was, I was only playing like in Wicklow League and stuff but I had this like mad dream mm. Um, but uh, but uh so so around the time how old was I 16 yeah uh, just before transition year mm. so I used to do motocross quite a lot as well like motocross riding because my, my dad uh, did that when he was like 20 and like got us bikes and we used to go racing like every weekend cool. so there'd always be this like fight between like my football manager and my dad like oh, right. he would get me on the weekend and uh, screaming matches and shite and all but anyway um, so I, I fucked up my knee on the motorbike and literally my kneecap like popped off yeah, it was weird. I was like racing and like a, everyone knows this blue story. Tell everyone. Mm. But uh, I, I was I was going around the corner and like you, you put your leg out to balance mm. and uh, I put my leg out and I like, landed in a hole oh. and the like, bike kept going and so my kneecap popped off. I didn't even fall off. And the most embarrassing thing was it was like my oh. home my home like track. It was like a it was a, it was a race that was put on like in round with all my mates. Everyone was out to see me. I think that's where the frustration came from because I didn't get a good start and I was like I was like, in like fourth and I wanted to be like up there. And uh, I was just like f- like fighting with the bike. It wasn't in it wasn't in a, in a good headspace. Mm. And I popped it off. And like I literally, st- I didn't even fall off. I managed to get the bike back up, and just stopped in the middle of the track. And my dad run run over, and he's like, "What are you doing? Go- get going!" And I just he he h- held the bike, and I just dropped. And like I was in so much pain. He's like, "Get up on the bike!" I was like, "No, I'm not getting back on that fucking thing." He's like, "Get up, get up, just finish the race." So I got up, my knee hanging off, and just finished the whole race. 
and got in and was like swollen mm. and my dad got help and like he's not he's not a fucking medic like he tried to like the, the whole thing once it pops off is you straighten it and it, it pops back on he tried to uh, he tried to help me and uh, he started bending it like this oh, no. so like that's doing the opposite you're like cutting everything off oh, to, uh, it, was, it was horrific and we ended up going to like this at, on a Sunday uh, afternoon like to this barbecue that uh, like a bone setter was he was having a barbecue and he had to come out to the car and he had to like hold on to the, the top of the car and he was like just breathe just breathe and like the thing was like a football at this stage and he was like forcing it on so anyway that happened I then went to see uh, you'll see where all this is relevant I then went to see um, like uh, uh, different people uh, for the knee and stuff and they're like oh yeah and even doctors and stuff were like they did an x-ray a fucking mm. x-ray it was ligament damages or what I found out later but uh, they're like oh yeah I should give it two weeks and you can go back playing football so in my head like I was like no way am I ready to play football but it was at a time where I was trying to play for like Ardmore who were in like the Dublin League or, or in the major and stuff and I wanted to be like playing better football I wanted to be really going for it and like there was talk of trying to get trials with it with um, Pats and stuff because I knew a link there and all this shit mm -hmm. and uh, so I was like this is the year that I need to push on if this is going to happen like I just I wasn't thinking like Premier League I was thinking like lower English League or even just like like air, air tristy like that, that's unreal that's mm -hmm. an unreal level of football that's that's what I wanted uh, if, if I could but um, so oh so fuck so, that, so, so they're like give it two weeks and I was like okay I give it three just to be sure Hmm. Which was stupid. I should have not played for like a year or whatever. And then I I went back and uh, w the first week was grand, and then the second week in the match the thing popped out again, and uh, and then I ended up I ended up just I kept trying to play, kept trying to recover, kept trying to do stuff, and it just kept popping out. Hmm. I ended up doing it like thirteen times by the time I got surgery, which was like later because they couldn't do surgery on me. They did the MRI and said, yeah, your um my uh, cruciate ligament was fucked, um. But uh, they couldn't do surgery because I was still growing. So it took me till like after all the madness to actually get surgery on it. But 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 still, I was like, it was such a weird feeling. Like is the because like <sighs> when I was that young, like all the boys would be smoking hash and stuff, and like I'd smoke a bit, but I was always football first. So I was not into any of that stuff, not into like drugs or drink or anything. Football first, always football first. And uh, like a really shocking point in my life was when like we because we used to like just play football like all day every day with my mates up in up in lockdown outside like Randwood and most shocking point in my life was when like my best friend was just like oh man should we just get stoned and I was like I was like I have the football right here what do you mean get stoned like why, why can't we play football no let's just get stoned fuck playing football and it was heartbreaking for me and it's such a pivotal kind of yeah. moment but then so after all this has happened once, once the football is taken away from me as like a young kid like and I was literally